wonder what's good, y'all. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelic and TIS Podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show for you here on the 9th of December, Wednesday, the year 2020. Recap the week 13 that was in the National Football League. Uh, Browns beat, destroying the Titans. Uh, the debacle that was that Jets and Raiders game. Giants upsetting the Seahawks, uh, the Chargers embarrassing themselves against the Patriots, um, Rams and Cardinals, uh, Carson Wentz getting a bench for Jalen Hurts, Broncos and Chiefs Sunday Night Football, Bills and 49ers in Washington and Pittsburgh from Monday, and then of course yesterday with the Cowboys and the Ravens, and also give you my thoughts on Ohio State and Michigan getting uh, canceled this weekend. First time that game has been canceled, I believe, since uh, 1917. I think it would be the first time this game would will be uh, canceled. And then I got uh, Coach Ireton, my old uh, high school football coach, will join us later on in the program, and we'll have some laughs with him. But first things first, uh, as far as the National Football League is concerned, between the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans, uh, Cleveland. I mean, what can I say? I mean, they absolutely they they went into Cle and the scored wouldn't dictate that. You didn't watch the game. Oh, 41 35 was a close game. No, it was not. Uh, this game was uh, this game was uh, 38 7 by halftime. That's all you need to know. Uh, it was an absolute utter complete domination on the part of the uh, Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield had one of the grit. Had one of his. In my in the games that I've seen Mayfield play, that was his, that was his best that was his best game I've ever seen him play as a pro. He was twenty five for thirty three, threw for three hundred and thirty four yards, passing four touchdown passes. Didn't get sacked, didn't make a mistake, didn't turn over the football. Which, uh, if you're a Brown fan, you're absolutely ecstatic about. Nick Chubb wasn't bad. 18 carries, 80 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Rashad Higgins, Rashad Higgins was their leading receiver with six receptions, 95 yards, cut a touchdown pass. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, two receptions, 92 yards, caught a touchdown pass as well. Jarvis Landry as well caught another touchdown pass from Mayfield. 
as well as Kendall Lamb, their uh, their their offensive lineman. He caught a touchdown pass in the game. It was just a complete and utter domination on the part of the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield was slinging at rock left and right. The Tennessee defense, in case you haven't noticed, it stinks. Uh, the Cleveland put a hurting on them. The Bengals, for what it's worth, when Burrow was healthy, last time the Bengals actually won a game, ironically enough, was when they played Tennessee before their bye week on November the 1st, I believe. The Bengals haven't won a game in a month. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, but and so they they torched Tennessee's defense. Cleveland torched Tennessee's defense, and it's and it's you know how to turn. What's the line that Michael Scott says? And you know Steve Carell in the office. How the turnable tables? How the turntables? I mean, it was just last week where the halftime score between Tennessee and Indianapolis was a complete blowout by halftime, and then you turn around a week later, it's thirty. It's thirty one. Excuse me, it's 38-7 Cleveland at the half. I mean, just an absolute utter complete domination and beatdown on the part of on the part of the Cleveland Browns. Um they did not let Derrick Henry go crazy. Derrick Henry was not a factor in this game whatsoever. Average four yards to carry, 15 carries, 60 yards rushing, did not reach Painter on uh, in the game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they let Corey Davis, granted a lot of that was garbage time, let Corey Davis go nuts with a hunt with 11 receptions, 182 yards receiving, caught a touchdown pass as well, and ran Tannehill's 389 and three touchdown passes are very inflated as well because, you know, the game was pretty much over, and you know, if you're Cleveland, I'd be concerned that, you know, that they let Tennessee make the game somewhat interesting down the stretch late, but the game was over. And for the majority and for a good chunk of that football game, Tennessee's offense had no answers for Cleveland. You know, they got to Ryan Tannehill three times. And basically, when you can hold Derrick Henry to below 100, let alone 90, let alone 80, let alone 70 yards rushing on 15 carries, you've done something good. So you give the Cleveland Browns all the credit in the world. Uh, they win their ninth game of the season. They uh, first, like I said, winning season, 500 or better, eight wins or better since 2007. Uh, I think it'll be a fair estimate to say that Cleveland, now they got a tough day and still got to play Pittsburgh. You know, last game of the season, and they gotta play. Um, and they gotta play the Ravens on Monday night, next Monday night. But I think it's a fair. Uh, it's. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think uh, it's a stretch to say that Cleveland is going to find themselves in January playing uh, playoff football, and I don't mean January third, week seventeen. I'm I'm talking about January sixth to seventh, the weekend after. So. So give all props to Cleveland again. Best game, uh, you know, and I don't watch Cleveland on a day and day out basis because I'm not a Cleveland fan and I don't live in Cleveland. I watch them as much as I can, but that that was as that's in my eyes was the best game that I've ever saw Baker Mayfield play as a pro. Was absolutely just phenomenal throwing the football, uh, racked up hella passing yards in the game, and and threw for four touchdown passes. I mean, it, if they if they if that doesn't if that doesn't speak to it against the playoff count now the defense stinks, but uh, going up against uh, the playoff caliber Tennessee Titans, if that if you aren't floored by that, I don't I don't know what I don't know what would do it do it for you because he was absolutely phenomenal 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 in the game on Sunday. That's out number one. 
Item number two, as far as the National Football League is concerned, is the Raiders and the Jets in a complete, I don't want to say mess, but what a complete uh, sequence of events of a game that was. Uh, with the Raiders making the uh, allowing the Owen at the time the O and eleven Jets, who were tanking for who were quote unquote tanking for Trevor, and uh, whose offenses and that defense isn't that much better with Greg Williams prior to Tuesday with Greg Williams at the helm defensively, and then of course you had the pathetic Adam Gase at head coach, and this is a Raider team that that got embarrassed on the road at uh at Atlanta didn't you know and didn't offense didn't even show up in the game and defense was absolutely horrendous against Atlanta they turn around they come they go back to the east coast once again to play the Jets and this is a game that heading into last Sunday the Raiders had to have if they wanted to uh if they wanted to make the playoffs as a, a wild card team in the AFC and long and the and the Jets had the lead late in the fourth quarter in this game, and I was about to get. I was prepared to come on here today on Wednesday and absolutely rip the Raiders up and down to shreds, saying, "Well, how how the fact fancy me this? How do you beat the Kent the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs on October the 11th, and then turn around a month two months or turn around two months later and lose to the hapless?" Openly, not openly tanking, but the hapless and tanking 0-11 Jets on the road. Like, how, how, is that, how is that possible? But thanks to Greg Williams, the, uh, the genius that decided to uh, pay his uh, defensive members of the Saints back in 2009, add in a bonus add in a bonus check for uh, 50 for 50 grand any single time they uh they cheap shot at uh Kurt Warner or or uh, Brett Favre or uh, 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 um, uh who else did they play during that playoff run Tony Romy I mean you name the quarterback you know paying you know adding extra guy adding a little extra bonuses and guys games check and getting guys game checks you know, if they knock out a QB, they highly, it was, you know, that, that idiot, that jerk, uh, Greg Williams, the, the 2009 defense with for the, for the, uh, for the champion saints. Yeah. That guy decided to call a cover zero a la if you're not used to uh football verbiage or, uh, you don't play Madden or you're, or you're, you know, in case you don't know what that is, cover zero essentially is an all out blitz where all the, where the members of the secondary are essentially, one-on-one coverage where it's just the corner and the wide receiver man-to-man down the sideline it's it's pretty much like a race is what it is and and that and thus leading a matchup between Henry Ruggs who next to Tyreek Hill is probably one of the fastest wide receivers in the National Football League going up against Lamar Jackson no not the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens Lamar Jackson the undrafted rookie out of Nebraska who who fell who fell for the bait on the stop and go route and got absolutely burned by Henry Ruggs down the right sideline and caught an absolute bomb 
from uh, caught an absolute bomb from Derek Carr, who didn't have his, who didn't have exactly the game of his life by any stretch of the imagination either. Uh, absolute bomb down the left sideline into the hands of Henry Ruggs to score the touchdown. Raiders win the game, keep their playoff hopes alive, and the uh, tank and the tanking for uh, Trevor's is back on with the New York with the New York Jets. As a result. Uh, Greg Williams get absolute, gets absolutely destroyed on social media and on sports television and sports talk radio. He you know he gets fi- he gets fired Monday afternoon again. F- franchises tank players players and um, players and coaches don't because the players and coaches like well odds are I'm getting fired anyway so what do I care. What do I care about? What do I care about? You know the twenty twenty one New York Jets team. I'm gonna be out of here by January third. So the franchises tank on how they construct rosters and everything else, and they tank players. Players and coaches do, or or excuse me, organizations tank players and coaches don't. They go out there and they play to win the games. Uh, now do they make decisions that'll be like yeah they're t- now you know purposely miss a tackle, let a guy. Yes, because I've seen that happen, you know. So they try to win, but they basically don't go all out to win, if that makes sense. Uh, so and and uh, Greg Williams played that play like he was like, you know what? I'm I'm big bad Greg Williams who you know he thinks he's Buddy Ryan. He is not. Uh, sends an all out blitz, thinking, well, hey, we're gonna win this game. We're gonna my guys with our ferocious pass rush is going to get after Derek Carr and it came back to bite him in the ass and he ended up losing the game and it cost Greg Williams his job and, uh, and that's and that's all there is to it the Jets uh, the Jets stay uh, winless the Raiders improve the 7-5 and five and keep their playoff hopes alive in the AFC wild card uh, they let Darren Waller go crazy with 13 receptions 200 yards receiving and a touchdown pass uh, and so so again, Greg Williams not exactly a defense. Yeah, I know he was a defensive coordinator for a championship uh, football team. He's no defensive mastermind, but under any circumstances, so Raiders keep their playoff hopes alive. Jets stay winless and improve on uh, on their quest to uh, get Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. Greg Williams is out of there, and as a result. Colin Russo, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo's 18-year-old son, was bent out of shape and and pissed off and highly annoyed at the Jets for uh, for blowing a for blowing a late fourth quarter lead like only the Jets can uh, by uh, with uh, Greg Williams with his cover zero. He went on Mad Dog. He went on Mad Dog show on Monday. And uh, and uh, ran, ranted and raved and lost his mind. You can check that out on SiriusXM and via the Back After This Funhouse Twitter page. And I will have you know breaking news out of the Amatelikatelia's newsroom that uh, we will have Colin Russo on the program this upcoming Saturday. Me and Colin Russo on the show together. I had dog going back in August. I have his 18-year-old son out of the University of Wisconsin on the show on Saturday to talk about this game further and we get to uh, know the uh, the good Colin Russo a little bit. So there you go. Um, item number three is the Giants and the Seattle Seahawks. And that is as bad a loss. And uh, and you know me. You know, I'm the Bengals are hapless. 
They they stink. I'm not even going to waste breath on them here in the show because I got a lot to talk about. I'm not going to waste my breath uh, and waste time and energy breaking down the Bungles, uh, losing to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm not going to, but you, so the Bengals stink. Joe Burrow's out for the year. I can never have anything nice as a Bengals fan. You know, so what do I do that uh, pumps me up and gets me in a, in a good mood? Well, that's rooting against the Seattle Seahawks. Those of you who listen to the program know that my uh, little brother, Ian, uh, my buddy, my man, my uh, my uh, my blood, who 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 uh, loves the Seattle Seahawks circa 2012, um, you know, loves them, loves them, loves them, loves them, loves them, loves them, and loves Russell Wilson like he wouldn't believe so what I do to get me, you know, in a good mood, especially after the Bengals embarrass themselves for roughly the 550th time in the history of their uh, legacy of failure franchise, I root against them. And lo and behold, the the previously four and seven New York football giants uh, walk into uh, CenturyLink, or I'm sorry, Newman Field in Seattle. Walk into a CenturyLink slash Lumen Field on Sunday with a no no Daniel Jones pulled his hammy against my Bengals the previous Sunday. They walk in there with Colt McCoy. Who what? Yeah, Colt McCoy, thirteen for twenty two, one hundred five yard passing through a touchdown and interception. Seattle's defense played well. Given that one of the worst defenses in football at the beginning of the season is now looking like the Legion of Boom defense of how well they've played less. Granted, they let Wayne Gallman rush for 135 yards, which you don't like. But, uh, but hey, their the defense has improved nevertheless. And the New York football giants looking to win their, uh, their lame duck underachieving uh, subpar NFC East. Uh, walk into Seattle and absolutely uh, and hold Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, Tyler Lockett, Will Deasley, Jacob Hollister, David Moore, Freddie Swain, DK Metcalf to twelve to uh, to twelve total points throughout the entire game and a halftime and a halftime score and the Giants were losing at halftime but the but the Seattle Seahawks had five points. Field goal and had a safety. That's it. And didn't score a touchdown to the fourth quarter. Held the Seahawks to 12, 12 points. Realistically, 10 because the two was scored against the Giants offense. And Russ Wilson was 27 for 43, 263 yards passing, a touchdown pass, and an interception. And boy, was I flying on Sunday. Because that is... Because I don't, I don't know about you, but when the Seahawks lose, uh, my brother Ian, who I love, gets uh, gets cranky. He uh, he gets cranky. He gets upset, and I enjoy that when he gets cranky and he gets upset at the Seattle Seahawks because the old phrase goes, "Misery loves company," and nothing uh, makes me uh, happier and puts a smile on my face than seeing Ian uh, pissed off at the Seahawks. Uh, for at least a day and a half, and then he'll get over it, and then it's on to the next game. But you know, and I enjoy doing it because uh, you know his team will end up winning the division. They'll win, they'll win about ten plus games. They will probably win a playoff game. You know, they're they're a successful franchise, and they run well. Got a good coach, good quarterback. You know, they're what they are a 
a well-run there are a well-run franchise so it's not like that the Seattle Seahawks have been uh, stuck in an abutment like my Cincinnati Bengals are but when they screw up and when they screw up they screw up uh, big time and uh, every now and then I like to uh, laugh and uh, and I laugh at the Seahawks at uh, Ian's expense when they go and they play these opponents a la the Giants or uh, or the, or the Rams a couple weeks back, or an overtime against the Cardinals, or or uh, who who they who else have they lost to this year? Um, uh, I should know that. You know when they lost to whether it's the Cardinals, the Rams, or when they lost to Buffalo back in uh, mid mid November, it uh, put a smile on my face because it's like you know if I if I know Ian is. Uh, is pissed off at his boy Russell Wilson for a good eight hours. Uh, it's going to be a good night for yours truly. So, uh, so Seahawks absolutely spit the bit, wet the bed. Russell Wilson, I there's some games where he when he plays bad, he just makes you scratch your head and just makes you sit back and wonder, Russell, what the heck are you doing with the football? Um, they didn't let D, the Giants give them credit. They didn't let a DK Metcalf go nuts. Five receptions, eighty yards. It isn't you know you'll take that from one of the best wide receivers in all of football. <laughs> Seahawks couldn't afford to lose that game, especially when they have the Rams who are right on their tail. They beat the Cardinals. Uh, they beat the Cardinals uh, late uh, at the same time that day. I'll get to them in a minute. And the Seahawks, granted, they have an easy schedule outside of that. Well, I shouldn't say that because the Forty Niners and the Jets will be will be an easy pickings. Washington will play hard because they got playoff because they got the division in sight, and then of course they have the Rams at home, who always gives them trouble. So uh, make the Russell Wilson uh, sweat a little bit while he's in between uh, recording podcast episodes with uh, Matthew McConaughey. And uh, trying out his new fragrance on Instagram Live with uh, Sierra. So, uh, so the Giants take care of business against the Seattle Seahawks by the final score of uh, seventeen to twelve. Ian was uh, in a funk for uh, for about a couple hours, and then he broke out of that funk because me and him uh, played Madden on Sunday night, and uh, somehow, some way, I managed to uh, to lose to him. After playing essentially immaculate football with uh, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill looking like the second coming of uh, Steve McNair, and all of a sudden we take a thirty-minute uh, intermission, and then uh, then I come back and I'm off my game. Next thing you know, a, co- uh, a couple plays here, a couple plays there, Ian's got the Ian's won the, won the game by fourteen, seventeen points. So uh, the funk didn't last long, but when it did, oh, was it uh, was it glorious? Um, because when Ian gets upset at the Seahawks, he's just like me. You know, I see him get mad at the Seahawks. It's like, hey, that's 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 how I act with the Bengals. So it's uh, it's every now and again, it's good to see the uh, Seahawks lose just for uh, just for uh, Ian's uh, displeasure. But anyway, it's not there. He nor there. Laugh, Ian. That was funny. Um. So so <laughs> switching gears to uh, the St. Lu- the St. Louis Chargers. Um. To the St. St. Louis, St. Louis Chargers, Lord have mercy. The L.A. Chargers, Anthony Lynn has to go. 
I mean, is is there a team in all of football that struggles with special teams more than the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers? I mean, every single time I turn around, this team has a has a brand, invents new ways to screw up special teams. I mean, do they do they do they ser- do they honestly practice special teams in practice? Do they do they do they do that? No, I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have uh, Coach Arrington on later in the program. I mean, he, you know, he can recall we did special teams. What add in for? I think we did special teams. I think we did. Um, I think we might do them every Wednesday. We, I think every Wednesday, and then walkthroughs on Thursday when we did. You know, we did we did spe- punting, punting, kickoff, field goal. I mean, we did special teams. Because we cannot, if there's one thing you can't screw up, you can't screw up the special teams. And I know because I've been ran many of uh, special teams drills as a member of the scout team, as a member of the scout, I've done it many a time. Do the Chargers practice special teams in their uh, billion-dollar facility out there in Inglewood? Because I have never seen a football team in my lifetime screw up, screw up something that's supposed to be so elementary that is special teams with the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, I mean, they got a, I got a field goal block return for the touchdown in that game. They allowed, uh, they allowed Gunnar Olszewski to take a punt back for it. I mean, this team is as bad as a team on special teams you ever going to see. Justin Herbert not going to kill him. He looked like a rookie for once in his fabulous 2020 rookie camp. I mean, do the Chargers practice? Practice? That's two touchdowns right there off the board, courtesy of special teams. They had, they had, I think they got a put. They had a punt block against Miami. They had, they're an absolute mess, special teams wise. They are an absolute mess. Whether it's kicking field goals, punting the football with the punt blocks, field goal blocks, and teams scoring, scooping, scoring, scoring. They they stink. They stink. And 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 it falls on Anthony Lynn the head. Not to mention piss poor time management. I la Anthony Lynn in the Buffalo game the week before. But it falls on Anthony Lynn. Bridger, and again, I don't like calling, especially for my fellow, uh, my fellow black brethren, who's uh, head coaches in the NFL, and th- and us getting those uh, spots are few and far in between. I- I'm aware, but Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn, if the Chargers want to win and if they want to improve as-, as a team with Justin Herbert, they can't. They they gotta they they gotta walk away from Anthony Lynn. They just can't. Whether it's his piss poor clock management at the end of games or or the faulty special teams, you can't sit up here and waste Herbert. You can't sit up here and waste Herbert because you all don't know how to block properly on when when you on a foot on a fifty three yard field goal try or don't know how to block the uh, don't know how to block the interior rusher properly punting the football on fourth and seven inside your own twenty yard line. Or game one and field goal games tight and your field goal and your field goal kickers missing field goals left and right. I mean, some things you just gotta have. You just gotta get down pack. Not to mention the terrible clock management. Down ten and you're sitting up here running and you're running the football under twenty seconds left in the game. You have no timeouts and you need, and you need ten points plus an onside kick to score the game. I mean, when when Cam Newton again doesn't throw for a hundred yards. Through for sixty nine yards. That's and they and they still beat you forty five to nothing. That's not anything to write home about. When you when your leading receiver caught one pass for thirty eight yards, that's not anything. That's not anything to be proud of. Yet still lose the game forty five to nothing. 
that 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 that's that that's pathetic. And Anthony Lynn again hate doing it because he's a brother, but I he he had for the good of the Chargers franchise he has to go if they want to move forward they ha- they have to go they have to go. Uh, I'm not sold on the Rams. I know uh, Mike in Orange County, you know, DMing me on Twitter back and forth. You know, do you believe in the Rams now? How dare you say Jared Goff's overrated? Blah 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 blah. You know, every single time you pick against the Rams, they end up winning. Well, well that's the that's the problem. Is because then because then who do they play next week? Who who do they play next week? Okay, they play. Okay, so they play the Patriots on Thursday night. They play the Patriots tomorrow. So let's say I pick the Rams to win the game, which I most likely I think I am going to pick the Rams to win that game. Next thing you know, Cam Newton's going to throw for two hundred and seventy-five yards passing. And have a combined five touchdowns, a uh, run for two and throw for three, and the Rams get ran out of the building by halftime. So uh, that's the issue. They're such a wishy-washy, inconsistent football team. You can't take them seriously. Okay, fine. Sean McVay has the has the Cardinals number. As okay, big deal. I'm still not sold on Jared Goff. I understand he had a big-time game, 37 for 47, 357 yards passing in the touchdown pass. I I, under, I understand all that. But they don't have any big-time playmakers on offense, and they're too inconsistent for me, and I do not trust Jared Goff in a big game. I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. Until they, until they show me otherwise on a consistent basis, Against a good football team, not overrated frauds that are that are that are uh, one year away from being good in the Cardinals. Until they sh- prove me that, you know, let's see, let me see Jared Goff light up the Seattle Seahawks uh, in two weeks. I think two, I think they play in two weeks. In two weeks against Seattle on the road, let me see Jared Goff throw for three hundred and fifty yards and three touchdown passes. Uh, you know, and outplay Russell Wilson in that game. I mean, let me see the Rams put up 38 points against the Seahawks in two weeks. Then you show me something. 38, 38 points against the Cardinals, whose defense is as, as as inconsistent as the Rams have been this season offensively, and and they are one year away themselves. And like I said, and it looks like they're going to be falling off here down the stretch and probably finish seven and nine, eight and eight, miss the playoffs. Prove me, show me something then. Doing against the overrated Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Klondike bar. I'm sorry, I'm 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 not sold on them. I'm not not sold on them. Packers kept on rolling against the Eagles, who ten, who benched Doug Peterson, benched Carson Wentz earlier this week for Jalen Hurts. Looks like Jalen Hurts will run the rest of the season. Uh, he pulled Carson Wentz out uh, in the in the uh, on Sunday as well. Carson Wentz six for fifteen, seventy nine yards passing. Jalen Hurts five for twelve, one hundred nine yards passing. Threw a touchdown out, uh, threw a touchdown and an interception in the game. Aaron Rodgers absolutely dominated, getting his four hundredth uh, touchdown pass in that game on Sunday. Twenty five for thirty four, two hundred ninety five yards passing, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. Aaron Jones had a hell of a game rushing on the ground, fifteen carries, one hundred and thirty yards rushing, and uh, and a touchdown as well. Green Bay Packers improved to nine and three on the season, trying to keep pace with the Saints for the number one spot. Uh, and as far as the uh, who gets top seed in the NFC is concerned, if it were to come down to a tiebreaker, Green Bay would have it because they beat the Saints earlier in the season. 
so trying to keep pace with the Saints as the Saints have uh, as the Saints have a rough stretch of games coming up. Meanwhile, Green Bay is pretty much smooth sailing from here on in. Um, between uh, and that's where you stand as far as Green Bay and Philadelphia are concerned. And Aaron Rodgers uh, pads his uh, resume to win 2020 NFL MVP. Broncos and the Chiefs. Uh, before I get to the game, listen. I understand that Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal talent. I understand that he's a, you know, he's a, he's a uh, he's a transcendent star. I understand all that, but I, I I could I could not take the the hour upon hour, minute by minute, second by second, pontification and the waxing poetic by Chris Collinsworth. To about about Patrick Mahomes, I, I I just can't take it. I mean, I understand that he I understand that he's a phenomenal star, but my goodness, Chris, I mean, can we show a little bit of uh, what we call uh, what we call uh, some objectivity here? I mean, saying that saying that uh, Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron Rodgers at drawing guys offsides. I mean, Al Michaels had to say, Chris, 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 Chris. Mahomes is great, yes, but Aaron Rodgers has been in the league was in the league when Patrick Mahomes was in middle school for crying out loud. I mean, let's take it easy. Uh, so, I mean, not is middle school, uh, uh, middle school, early high school. You get the idea. But you know, let's let's take it easy. I mean, the on and on and on, Chris. We get, we don't need you to sit up here and tell us how great Mahomes is. Anyone with two with a set of eyeballs who watches football and watches him play on a week in week out basis for the last what two years, we know we know how good Mahomes is. Please, we don't need you telling us that during a period of a three hour broadcast to the point where you're where to the to the average fan you're losing all sense of objectivity as a broadcaster. And you're supposed to be unbiased because you work for NBC, not the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Come on, Chris. Do better. you I, you I, I I couldn't take it. Which is part of the reason why and you heard me say early in the monologue I played Madden with Ian because I, I, I did not expect this game to be this close first off. And two, I knew what I was getting into before the game started with Collinsworth going on and on and on about Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes plays football, right? He he, he didn't he's not Gandhi, he's not Dr. King, he's not uh you know, he's not uh he's 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 not Muhammad He's not uh he's not um Moses he's not he's not Jesus Christ he's not the Buddha let's take it easy with, with the Mahomes stuff please enough but that's 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 part of the reason why I stay I try to stay away from the game as long as I possibly could because I knew what I was going to get into with Collinsworth uh, Mr Pagliano waxing poetic about everything from uh from Mahomes's throwing motion to uh to uh to Mahomes's uh, deep ball, I, I couldn't take it. Um and the, and the Broncos had a chance to win that game had not it been for a uh, Vic Fangio, uh essential and uh, and you can't play you know going up against him is same way going up against Brady and Belichick. I mean when you have a chance to win and when the opportunity is there for you to take for for you to snatch victory out the jaws of Reed and Mahomes, you gotta take you gotta take it. Okay. V Fourth and three, Broncos down three, 19-16 with 6-13 left in the fourth quarter. At their own 49-yard line, fourth and three, and the Broncos decide to punt the ball. Really? 
what happens? Kansas City milks the clock. They put the game. They don't put the game away, but they milk the clock. I think they kick a field goal. Denver gets the ball back. No timeouts. Minute or so left in the game. They end up losing the game. But fourth and three, you have the ball at your own 49-yard line. Down three, 6-13 left in the fourth quarter, and you punt the football there? Really? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Terrible. Take a break. Recap the games that started our work week. The two, uh, while well, I... I will recap the uh, the Washington-Pittsburgh game with Coach Ireton less later on in the show. I'll recap uh, just me and you, the Bills and the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Ravens coming up right after this. the I'm talking to is podcast switching gears now to the Monday night game that was on ESPN and ABC on a Monday night and then of course to last night's Cowboys and Ravens game Buffalo took care of business against the San Francisco 49ers 34-24 uh, Josh Allen what can I say top 10 if not top 5 best quarterback in the National Football League this kid is a gamer he's a stud he's a baller He's got he's got that it factor in him, which I which I love about him. Uh, I think has the potential to be the best quarterback in the AFC East now that uh, TB12 is gone. He went 32 for 40, 375 yards, passing four touchdown passes. Cole Beasley had a hell of a night, nine receptions, 130 yards, which came in uh, which was didn't come at a bet, which uh, w- couldn't have came at a better time for yours truly. Uh, for you keep his uh, fantasy hopes alive and looking to uh, make the playoffs as a uh, as a four seed in his uh, fantasy uh, football tournament. Um, he had a huge game, nine receptions, 130 yards, receiving a touchdown catch. Stephon Diggs had 10 receptions, 92 yards, two Buffalo getting that uh, sour taste out of their mouths the last time they went to State Farm Stadium, a la University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, when they lost to the Arizona Cardinals via Kyle Murray to Kyler Murray to uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the Hale Murray play. They washed the uh, they washed the bad taste of Arizona out of their mouth. Going 
going to Arizona, playing the 49ers, who are forced to play there because of the Santa Clara ban on contact sports for three weeks. And they took care of business against the hapless San Francisco 49ers. I shouldn't say hapless, but you know they've won only one game at home. They've won one game at home. They're one in five. Uh, they're one and five at home this season. Five and seven, seven on the year. Uh, season's loss. You know, they had Nick. They had Nick Bosa tear his ACL at MetLife earlier in September. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out for the majority, if not the entire season, with a bum ankle. Season. This season's and, and plus Jordan George Kittle is out as well. This is season's loss to San Francisco. Um, and they're basically, in their minds, they're looking to aim for a 2021 uh, success in that season and uh, beyond. And Buffalo is a very good football team, 9-3 and three on the season, 4-2 and two away from Orchard Park. Currently sitting atop the AFC East by a game over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they've three games this season they've lost uh, against Kansas against Kansas City uh, at the Titans and at the uh, Cardinals of course with the Hail Murray play with the uh, with yeah with the uh, with the Hail Murray play uh, they got a decent they got their toughest test is going to be against Pittsburgh at home on Sunday night. And then they have, and then they should have easy pickings with the Broncos and the Patriots, and maybe that game January third will at home against Miami could decide the division. But Buffalo is going to, at best, if they run the table, could finish the season thirteen and three, and at worst could finish nine and seven, and should finish around twelve and four. And should finish around a twelve and four, and they are a team uh, that I would like to see go into Kansas City and pick off the Chiefs in an upset. Uh, that would uh, definitely make my weekend uh, to see uh, and see how much uh, you know, uh, quote unquote, Chiefs kingdom, and see what uh, bonehead asinine excuses uh, Brittany Matthews is going to spew out onto the internet. Uh, for the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs lost to a team that uh, has not won a playoff game since uh, Matthews and Mahomes themselves were in diapers. So nothing would make me happier than to see Buffalo underdog with the Bills Mafia fans jumping up on top of tables and the whole sh the whole shtick. Nothing would make me happier than to see them walk, in walk into Arrowhead in front of uh, 15,000 in front of 15,000 people on a cold, uh, brisk night or brisk afternoon and knock off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Not saying that they will, but I just love to see it happen uh, as the Bills take care of business against the 49ers on uh, Monday Night Football. Last game of Week 13 was between the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys, before I get to Baltimore, I don't know what else you want me to say about them that I haven't said already. They're dead as a doornail. They are dull. They are uninspiring. They are pathetic. They are depressing to watch play. They are lethargic. They, just, they I mean, you just look up and you just look at, just look at the faces of the players sitting on the bench on that game last night. They look disinterested. I mean, they look, I mean, there's nothing more pathetic 
and just such a waste of time than the 2020 Dallas Cowboys. It's like the outside of the win they had against the Vikings a few weeks back, it's like this team, the Dak got hurt. They won the giant game for Dak, and they pretty much mailed in the rest of the season and said, and threw the hands up and said, hell with it, forget it. I mean, this team is just so pathetic and so lethargic. So dull, so uninspiring, it is mind-boggling. I mean, this team straight up and down, 1 through 53, they stink. They, they cannot they cannot stop the run. The Ravens, and I'll get to them in a minute, the Ravens ran crazy on them all night long. They can't stop the run. You can't expect Andy Dalton to carry the team, not to mention he's not exactly Roger Staubach or, uh, Troy, or Troy Aikman either. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, how, how much do you, I mean, Dallas, Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys seem to be paying him a fortune instead of paying through a fit and held out and, and hung out in Cabo to get the contract and then and then Longball, he gets his money, and this and this is what you get for 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 the uh, this is what you get paying an arm and a leg for Ezekiel Elliott, and this is the effort you get. Uh, eighteen carries, seventy seven yards rushing for a guy that's getting that's the highest paid player on the team, really. So they they are they are lifeless. They are uninspiring, pathetic, and dull as hell. The two thousand and twenty Dallas Cowboys, and I, I and quite honestly, I don't know what else you want from me to say. They can't stop the run. Zeke Elliott is a shell of himself. They, they their te- their defense stinks. They're pathetic. As far as the Baltimore Ravens are concerned, they got the you know if this game if this game was uh was a t if this game was a TV show the title of it would be how Lamar or the Ravens got their groove back. This is the team that prior to last night had not won a home game since October the 11th when they beat my Bungles. Uh, and uh, Patrick Queen uh, had a welcome to the NFL moment with uh, former LSU quarterback and classmate Joe Burrow. Uh, back in October, they had not won a they had not won a home game since then. They beat Dallas thirty four seventeen. Lamar Jackson, twelve for seventeen, one hundred and eight yards, or excuse me, one hundred and seventy yards, one hundred and seven yards. Excuse me. So you got to get better throwing the football if you're Lamar Jackson. But it's just good to see him get his groove back, get back into the swing of things of being the captain of the and that alpha male of that offense. Of course he missed the Steeler game and was out with COVID and had been struggling as of late leading up to his uh, COVID infection. Uh threw for two touchdowns, also what you like. Threw an interception, not his fault. Uh Marquise Brown should have caught the ball, not his fault, but also threw two touchdowns, which you like as well. Gus Edwards ran crazy. Uh, seven yards, uh, seven yards. Uh, excuse me, seven carries, 101 yards rushing. Lamar had 13 carries, 94 yards rushing, ran for a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins 11 carries, 71 yards rushing, and a touchdown as well in the game. Baltimore got their groove back and got back on track, which uh, if you're a Raven fan, you like. Um, and it's also good for football that the Baltimore Ravens are looks look like uh, looks like that they are back into the swing of things. I believe Baltimore is going to be a playoff team. I think the Raiders, I think the Raiders and the Dolphins will uh, will uh, one of those two teams will fall off, and the Ravens uh, and the Ravens along with Cleveland and whoever finishes second in the AFC South. Will uh will make the playoffs. They got again tough game Monday night against the Browns. They got the Jaguars, which will be an easy pick, and then the Bengals to close out the season. Two hard games at Cleveland on Monday night, and then home against the Giants, 
who, uh, who of course, have something to play for. That is the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC uh, East is concerned. Des Bryant tested positive for a coronavirus 20 minutes before the game. I don't know how, but he did. I don't know how he got it. He said that he wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary, but he did. Uh, he was wearing a mask while he was on the field, which like <clears throat> Justin Turner. Uh, so, uh, so that I so that you like, um, that he dapped up guys of, you know, that of course was around his teammates contract tracing. They said that, you know, that they followed all the proper procedures and all the other guys besides him tested positive, excuse me, tested negative for the Ravens. And, and then, but then you also have to consider that he, uh, that he was in contact with members of the Dallas Cowboys because that was his old team. It was it was a complete mess, and I don't know how. And I understand the NFL wants their money, Fox contract, and everything else, and 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 Week Eighteen be damned, and and they got and they got to play the games and make TV money and all that sort of stuff. And but it 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 it, it it's uh, head scratching on why they went on. They at least didn't even bother to delay the game. They they went on like it was business as usual. And uh, and played the game anyway. I mean that 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 you know maybe the Ravens maybe the Ravens ran out of opportunities. Like you know what we moved heaven and earth for the Ravens enough. So be it. Whatever the reason was, I I don't understand how a guy can test positive for COVID, be around his team, and dap up members of the other team, regardless if they test negative or not. It takes a while for the virus to work its way into your immune system. It's not like that you all of a sudden you touch someone and all of a sudden you magically get it. Takes time to process, which is why this thing has been so damn deadly. And they went along, they played the game twenty minutes later. That I don't understand, but hey, it, it, it's it's the NFL. The the virus be damned. They're gonna go ahead and plow and plow through, play these games and make their money. You know, uh, they they gotta get they gotta get their uh, money from Fox uh, one way or another. So and, and their game was already postponed a couple days. That was the game supposed to be played last Thursday. Instead of uh, last night on Tuesday, as uh, the Ravens take care of business against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, get their eighth win, excuse me, get their seventh win on the season, snap their uh, home losing streak and their losing streak in general, uh, as uh, Buck Aikman and Aaron Andrews will make the 3,000 mile trip from Baltimore to Los Angeles for the uh, Rams and the Patriots. On Thursday night, take a break. Coach Archen is next, and then I'll get into Michigan and Ohio State and wrap up the program. This is the Amtelikatiyas podcast. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amtelikatiyas podcast. Joining me now, we haven't had him on since uh, I think it was April, after the uh, 2020 NFL draft. Uh, his uh, Washington football team selected Chase Young. My team uh, selected Joe Burrow, who his team ended up uh, killing about a few weeks back. Uh, he, his <laughs> wife gave birth to a son over quarantine. Uh, he had issue. He uh, coached about like five football games until uh, the three, state of Maryland three. shut that down. Or oh, three, so you can hear him. We welcome friend of the program, and I can't believe I'm saying this. My old football coach, uh, Brendan Ireton. Coach, how are you today? You doing all right? I'm doing great, man. Just getting ready for Christmas and uh, excited to talk football on the show. 
Good to have you back. Good to have you back. First off, before we get to the NFL, you uh, get, give the audience some background of how your abbreviated uh, 2020 football season went, about how practice went, COVID protocols, the games that you played. Give the audience a feel of how you, for a short little while, how your 2020 MIAA football season ended up going. Yeah, um, so, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, we weren't sure that we were going to have a season or we're going to have a spring season or whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the summer, um, things were looking better in the state of Maryland as far as numbers at that time. Um, So the schools tried to get together and and tried to make something happen um, as far as the league schools. And, you know, unfortunately, we – we probably we probably started later than what we we should have. I think if we would have started a little bit sooner, we probably would have. I think we would have played more games. But um, but you know we're just fortunate to like get the practice time in to develop some of the younger guys, um, and and to give the seniors a couple of games at least to get them on their way out. So, um, so I, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to like I always look at the glass kind of half full, right? So like. You know, I was fortunate. We, to be honest with you, it felt great to be back out with the kids and um, to get some football going. And we did what we, what we could do, right? So, and we had a big win against our rival, John Carroll, which is which is always a big one for us. And I, I think, you know, since I've been here, we've beaten them two out of three times. And then, you know, we've beaten them five out of the last six, six years. So, um, so that was a pretty big win for us and a huge comeback win at that. And they got a kid that's going to Maryland. It's a pretty high-profile player. So that was uh, – Pretty big deal. The guys, you know, they um, they fought hard for the, the entire game and and they give credit to the kids, man. They never gave up and kept playing. And then um, we played against St. Mary's our last game and we didn't play as well um, as as we would have liked. And, and they ended up beating us. But I think it's one of those things, too, where like if you play a team like 10 times, you're probably we're probably splitting the games, you know, so. Had we played better, I think we, you know, hope the outcome probably, in my opinion, would have been a little bit differently. But, you know, they played well for four quarters and we didn't. So, um, you know, so we didn't we didn't come out on top. So, but, you know, we're doing a makeshift senior day tomorrow, actually, for our seniors. We're trying to do some pictures and stuff like that in the, in the bowl. Um, had their families socially distanced and everything. But I want to give the seniors one last chance you know, on the field in their, in their uniforms and get pictures and, and give them a proper send way. So not, not the season that, you know, we wanted, but, you know, still some good things happened. We made the most of it. Um, I still believe we're heading in, the, in, in a good direction as far as the program. Uh, we have a chance of having nine or ten kids out of this senior class go to play college football, which could be a curly record. Um, even the 2014 team that had a lot of kids, uh, we still got a chance of beating that. So – Getting just working right now and getting the recruiting part to finish off that, but you know that was pretty much the gist of our uh, of our season. It was it was here. We were excited. It was gone quick, but um, you know there were there were some so there were some good moments to look back. Even though we didn't you know get a full season, that I mean that John Carroll win is I think was great. So um, that's that's probably a memory the guys won't won't ever forget. How how did uh, the junior cl- well the junior class when I was there and now the 2020 senior class how did they handle essentially because you know me and me and all the seniors that graduated this past July were 
huge, not me, but a lot of the guys were a huge part of that football team, not just on the field with the right. big time rushing attack that we had uh, last year, but also they were big, uh, big leaders and big time locker room guys, you know, with bigs and Devin. How did the new senior class get used to having to be that voice in that locker room with, uh, with the 2020 class being gone for the previous season? Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't think they did that bad. I just think that like our, our skill level this year was a little bit different. Like we're in, in the past year you had, uh, we had running backs that could score anytime they touched the football. And this year we were going to be more of a, a slug it out kind of team. Um, so that, I think that's, you know, was a big difference. And then the locker, but the, the, the guys that stepped up and led, I mean, they were they were they were good too. So I, I got no complaints on those guys. Um, we just I think we were younger this year, so like you know a lot of the younger guys took a little bit for them to get going. And I think if we would have played a full season, I think some of the younger guys would have gotten more playing time as the season went on. That like like Ron had to play more running back, and we were getting ready to to push a younger guy to get more playing time. Like that's just one example. Uh, but then we had some guys, seniors that really stepped up that like didn't play much last year. Like Matt Miller had a, I mean, statistically had a really good year catching the football and Matt thing, you know, he, he just stepped up in his role. Andrew Parker got a lot of playing time the last week or two. Denham got a lot of playing time. Um, you know, Denzel was awesome as a leader. Kobe was great. You know, like a lot of guys said, Ken, Ken actually took more of a role on defense. So like you had a lot of guys step up in different roles. Um, and, and the guys that played and started for us last year, you had, you know, um, Kofi, John, uh, Jamal, you had, uh, let's see, who else am I missing? Um, James, Judah, you know, those guys, you know, I'm probably missing a couple guys, but but they all played played really well. And a couple of the young guys from last year that got some playing time, like got step up and, and start some games this year too. So it's just, um, like I said, I think if we had a full – one thing for us, you as you know, like being through it is is we need a whole summer in the weight room to really get in shape. So um, that's something that I'm looking forward to us getting into this year to really develop the younger guys and you know and we'll get there. But um, you know that kind of hurts a little bit this year. But again, we weren't the only team that didn't have access to that. So um, so if it in my opinion probably hurt everybody. But you know, um, guys stepped up and. And, and some guys, you know, took advantage of their senior year. And, and um, you know, the younger guys that got some playing time, at least got a lot of reps this year. I'm, I'm hoping they'll step up next year. Because next year is going to be a big year. We lose 15 guys. And most of those guys had three years experience playing, right? So it's a lot of a lot of guys were missing. So um, a lot of younger guys are going to step up next year. But, like, I like the last two recruiting classes that I've, that, you know, that I've been here for. Uh, mixed in with the that they're going to be seniors next year. Like I, you know, I, I'm excited to see where we had in in a couple of years. Now, how how did the how did the team how did the players take the protocol? First of all, what protocols were in place? Just to give the audience a feel, uh, what protocols were um, in place. So you you know the sanitizing all that stuff. We didn't we couldn't use the locker room right until like the last half of the year. And then we had to break it up in the shifts. So it was pretty much, then you had kids that were virtual some days and not virtual other days. So it, it was really a lot of organization had to go into it. 
And the other thing too is like, you know, we don't have lights. So we, and you can't be inside. So we had to, we had to take advantage of the time that we used. Well, like you would only get like an hour and a half hour, 40 minutes of times of practice. So you're not getting as much time as you'd like. We have to use zoom meetings to go over film and that kind of stuff to kind of make up for some other things. Uh, we would sanitize before and after, take temperatures, checks, and do like surveys, that kind of thing. Um, you know, we I bought we everybody in the program had a, had uh, face masks that we gave. We got gators for those guys to wear during practice. Um, being outside made it easier because of the uh, the protocols that the state left for us, right? So we could do more obviously more things outside that that helped it out and. Um, you know, to be honest with you, when you're outside and you're moving around in practice, you know how we transition a lot in practice. You're really not next to the same person the entire time or even for, like, long periods. You know what I'm saying? So we it, we were always moving away and being outside again, it just – it 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 made it easier. You know how windy it gets on the bowls. So. <laughs> but um, but it just mm-hmm. – it was, it was very – definitely very challenging. Very definitely challenging. And at times it was like, this is a lot, but – um, again, we had to work around it and, and again, make the most of it. We did. So, um, it is what it is, but, you know, um, it definitely like, it, it definitely like when you talk about trying to work through adversity, it was, there was definitely parts of that, you know what I'm saying? And it, it probably like being more protocols or anything made us get, made us get like more like detail oriented in certain things and that kind of thing. So probably made us better in the long run. Right. How so? So with did did you get any complaining? Like when the team was like, "Man, man, why do we have to do this, man?" Did did the, were the uh, did the team did the team uh, complain and moan and groan, or were they compliant with all the policies that were put in place? Um, honestly, they were just happy to be out there. And, you know, the guys I thought, especially the older guys, did a really good job of following through with things. And, um, you know, you always got to remind people to put their masks on or keep them out and stay spread out. Like, that's always – I think – I feel like that's always going to be – whether you're at football or you're out in public I, it, or at home or just anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like that's going to be an issue. Like, just mm-hmm. um, how many people you go, you see complain about having to wear masks and, and, anyway. But it's you know, as ridiculous as that is. But – I, to be honest with you, I don't, no one really complained. It just was – they were just ha- – my experience was the kids were happy to be around each other and be outside and doing something together, you know, and and being able to enjoy and experience what they had. It just uh, – they, they were ready to get going. And um, I think, you know, I, a lot of them were probably tired of being cooped up into the house, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, – it it just, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, like they just they just were excited to be out there as much as we were. If you now having experienced uh, quote a uh, sort some semblance, oh God, words, having experienced some form of a season with COVID and having to go through all the protocols and things like that. Would you say that it was worth it, or would you have better off than say, you know what, we'll wait till the vaccine comes out and 
2021 for us to have a season? Which, if you had to do it all over again, would you have wanted to have a season? Um, yes or no? To be honest with you, like, I, I think it was worth it because, again, if you didn't do it or wait to the vaccine, there's a chance that your seniors aren't getting a chance to play football. So they got that opportunity to experience it, right? But if I, if there was something mm-hmm. that I could change, or if I had power to change it, it would have been like, like we would have started playing in September rather than the first week of November, because had we started in September playing games, we would have been done our season before we played the first game, and before numbers started mm-hmm. to rise. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the 12 mm-hmm. teams that were playing football in the state of Maryland are a big part of these numbers rising currently. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. But if we, if we probably would have started earlier, we, I think we would have beaten the flu season, which, like with the weather, is making a huge impact on this, right? And then, the, again, the holidays, too, where people are around. Right. Like, people have just, like, I, I think they the holidays come up and they just got tired in their house and, and wanted to be around other people. And, unfortunately, that's you're seeing the results of that, right? So, I just don't think that, like, right. like I do – and people might disagree with me, but I, if you look at the NFL, I think they're doing it like outside of the Ravens, right? It really hasn't. It really hasn't been that bad. Like <laughs> the Broncos had what two or three guys get it in the same. I mean, they're the same position group, right? Because they made a mistake, right? And then you had a coach, like a road mm-hmm. coach at the Ravens, just do what he wanted to do. But like at the at, at all the other teams, you know, you look at my guys, the Washington football team. They had two guys that have tested positive the entire time. Those guys were in IR, not even playing or not even at the facilities. So, so I think it, they, the NFL's done a really good job of doing it, minus a couple of those those teams that didn't follow through with their protocols. So, I mean, I just for our sake, for our, I think we should have started earlier. But um, I was like, again, I was just happy for our guys to get something in. I I didn't want to like. After seeing what you, the seniors lost last year in the spring semester at our school, like I, I like mm-hmm. the, you guys, those guys were devastated not to be able to play spring sports last year. And right. like, I mean, you look at our our lacrosse right. team; they probably would have won the championship again, you know. And they had a strong senior class, so like they missed out on going back to back. And you know what I'm saying? So as as when you get older in life too, like you'll you'll understand it more. Like, you only get one chance to go through high school, obviously, and to have those experiences. And you mm-hmm. think about it, your graduation was different, right? You're, you probably didn't yeah. – we didn't have prom, right? So yeah. we did the gala, which is a good event for us. We, we had to do it virtually. So, like, I mean, it is mm-hmm. – you try to make the most of it. But, again, like, these are things that, like, you know, you're supposed to cherish and enjoy for lifetime memories. And, and unfortunately, you guys, like, especially your class, got to miss out on some of those things. And this class, too. So, uh, but again, I think rather than saying woulda, shoulda, coulda, you gotta you gotta take out all the positives and, and what we can do to to make everything better. How's the team? How do you think the team? Grant, okay, so the vaccine's coming for the state. Let's say everyone gets vaccinated by June of twenty twenty one. And school, at least with maybe not for the entire country, but at least within the state of Maryland, everything's back to normal. 
You don't have to wear any fake. You have to, you know, you have to sign a waiver to make sure that you're vaccinated and have to carry around a, a card to say, you but no masks, no distancing, no plastic shields, none of that. World's, the world within the state is back to normal. High schools is open up. Everything's like it was in 2019. Regular football season with training camp and everything else. What do you all? What chances do you give yourselves to win the to win the whole thing in twenty twenty one? You know that that's kind of up to our our guys coming back. Like I think, like I told you, I think the weight room is a big part of what we do this summer, right? And we play different style of football than everybody else in our league. Everybody else, you know, as you know, they want to throw the football over the place. We want to run the football. So, like, um, I think what we do differently from everybody else. It's, you know, we have to play more of a team style game. So we really need to rely on that summer to, to like come together as a team and to really build ourselves and, and, and to um, develop. So like, you know, I don't, I mean, the coach of me and like, and you, you probably don't want to hear this or whatever, but like, it's not like to be determined, right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen as far as like, as a team, even, even, even if everything is good to go, like if you're making predictions or whatever, like the goals, the goals are always going to stay the same, right? Like you're all, you're all working towards the same goal. Like if any team, mm-hmm. if, if any coach says they're not working towards that, then, then they're lying. Right. So, but like, to be honest, like it, it's mm-hmm. to be determined because you got to see how the guys develop and how they grow. There's a big difference between a year um, you know, so you just, you just really don't know, like, wait, I mean, the goals are going to stay the same. We're going to work towards being the best team that we can be. Now, what now getting off the football right quick, how did you, uh, how did you and the family handle the thing? Um, <laughs> we stayed within the, uh, the, the required limits of the state of Maryland. So, so we had Thanksgiving dinner at um with with my in-laws. So it was like I think it was like eight of us, right? So like, but with the uh, yeah. you know my in-laws are a big part of and, and my and my parents are a big part of uh, watching my my kids. So because of like what's going on, so it's I mean we were. I, we were around people that were normally around, but we didn't invite anybody that's normally not within our circle. Does that make sense? So, but, but like yeah, you, you yeah, saw, yeah. you saw the turkey I smoked, right? So, so I made the turkey. So, uh, yeah. of course did, I did. I, you season it? So, <laughs> so I did the whole process. I brined it, right? I brined it overnight. I injected it, seasoned it, and I put it through it on the smoker. What, uh, what 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 was the um, so I I also made candy yams. So, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, marshmallows on, on the stovetop. Slice up the the uh, slice up the yams. Did the whole thing in there. Brown sugar, um, vanilla, cinnamon, marshmallow. You know they were good. Um, that. You know, my, my mom makes a broccoli casserole, which is phenomenal. Broccoli cheese and breadcrumbs, right? So, um, anything you can think of, we—I mean, we had, right? So, like, 
anything for a Thanksgiving dollar, di dinner that you can think of, it, it was on the table. Everything, everything, we had, everything we had pumpkin, there, there, there was pumpkin pie. There's a reason why I told you I put on 10 pounds. Yeah, no sweet potato. Pie yeah, but I mean, I mean, don't do that what do you think, Ken, what do you think my, Kenny Yams are? My people, my people do that. Yeah, but that, it's still that sweet ain't sweet potato pie. No, 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 no. You, no, you got to have the. I wasn't in charge. I wasn't in charge of desserts, Jai. Look, look. I, I get you. I'm just saying, just for the future, you invite black people over to your house for Thanksgiving dinner. Don't you invite black people over to your house and not have sweet potato pie? They catch an attitude. All right, I got you. I'm just I'm trying to tell you, don't invite black people over to your house Thanksgiving dinner in the future and not have sweet potato pie and give them pumpkin well, I love pie pumpkin instead. Pie. Catch an attitude with that. Yeah, my my people, it's a different story, but that's neither here nor there. How how about your how about your uh, your favorite professional football team? We had Washington Redskins, now it's Washington football team. Your team defeated what previously was the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday, improving your record to what, five and seven on the season? Your defense is top, is fourth best in all of the National Football League. Got honestly one of the best pass rushes in all of football. You got Alex Smith, which is a feel good story. He knows how to win games and he knows how to lead teams with the, to the playoffs like he did with San Francisco. And then he was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Your head coach has experience and knows how to win, not the Super Bowl, but knows how to win in general in the National Football League. He, of course, took the uh, Carolina Panthers to, to the Super Bowl a short five years ago. What are your thoughts on your 2015 2015, 2020, Washington um, uh, football team. You know, I'm actually enjoying watching them right now. So, like, I knew it was going to be a process, right, uh, of them trying to rebuild and with the yeah. no, like, off season, And then, you know, Coach Rivera went through um, cancer, was going through cancer treatments and was really struggling at times. And, you know, he just – I like what I, I knew he was a decent coach at Carolina, but I didn't like, I didn't follow him. So I really didn't, I was like, okay, it's coach Rivera, right? Like, you know, Cam, Cam Newton took him to the Super Bowl, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, now that I've had a chance to follow the team and follow the changes they made in the front app, the front office and, and the organizational stuff. And, and like, he is, um, he is a guy that I highly, respect and think much more of after like I, I just he's he's one of my like I'm not, I'm not just saying this because they're my team but like he is much more than just a coach and he's a good example for like younger coaches or up-and-coming coaches to kind of aspire to be so like here's a guy that took over a franchise that was not very good right and you always had a lot of drama with with the with them then you had the rumors and the story that came out mm -hmm. the Washington Post. So you always kept having these things come up, not within the team, but like within the organization. And then he gets diagnosed with cancer. And then you have COVID. And then you have Alex Smith trying to make a comeback. And um, you just, you have one thing after another, right? So like he cut guys that were, mm -hmm. he was close with. Like he cut Josh Norman, right? 
who he had at Carolina, and he caught Adrian Peterson, who everybody was like, you're crazy. But um, I just, like, I think I told you this before the season, is that I think they – I I thought that they would beat Philadelphia, right? Then I thought they would struggle for a little bit. I thought they would win mm-hmm. because of being Coach Rivera's first year and then being excited to play. Um, and then I thought they would struggle, right? And then, and then I told you they would get hot at the end of the season. So mm-hmm. they're probably exceeding my expectations. Um, I think I even told you at one time that Alex Smith will be the starting quarterback before the end of the year. I think, yeah, I think I called that. Right. You so did. like that's, and I didn't think it was going to happen at a time, but it's crazy now to think that he's done that. Um, and he's doing what he's managing games. Um, and they just, I don't know, man, that defense is really good. Chase Young is, without a doubt, the best player of the team. And uh, he, he might not be getting a lot of sacks, but he's getting double, triple teams, and he's a dude. He's a dude. And, and a lot of these games, he's been the best player in the field. And the one thing I love about Chase Young is he doesn't care if he's getting stats or not. It's He wants to win, and he's and he'll play and take up space for other guys to make plays. So, like, Montez Sweat – who's having a huge year, right? Tim Settle, who's, who's been a backup, is having a big year. Um, you know, Josh Al- or Jonathan Allen quietly is having a Pro Bowl-type year. Deron Payne's very good. Um, Kerrigan's come in and has this high sack percentage. And, um, you know, Cole Holcomb is a guy that I, I really love on the defense, too. And then you have uh, Fuller in the secondary. So you got a lot of guys on that defense that are playing really well. And the offensive line is starting to come around. And play pretty tough, and then you got their tight end. Um, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the guy played quarterback at Virginia Tech, and he just had the best game of his career last week, and he's playing pretty well. And then Terry McLaurin is is probably top five receivers in the league, and Antonio Gibson showing what he can do. So like you got a lot of positive things going on, and then uh, like on on Monday night you had Cam Sims, who was an undrafted guy who Jay Gruden wouldn't give a chance to play. And the guy's played himself into the role has stepped up huge. Right. And um, so like you got a lot of guys stepping up and they're and they're playing, they're playing good football. I don't know how the season's gonna end. Like like now they beat Pittsburgh and like it's they got a chance to be in every game if they keep playing the way they're playing. You know? I so I think we're Rivera leading the ship and you got Jack Del Rio running the defense, and then even Scott Turner, who's who I was a fan of his dad, North Turner, when he was the head coach with you know, the Redskins in the 90s, he – like, I I liked Norvin. I thought Dan Snyder did him wrong. But Scott Turner's come in and done an awesome job being creative with the offense. And, I mean, you you have a, a essentially a one-legged quarterback playing football for you. He's being successful right now. So, I mean, I just I, – you know, one thing that drove me nuts on Monday night was at the beginning of the game they were trying to compare the comeback paths of Alex Smith and Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm like, this, this isn't even close. I, like, that's – that that's like that's like a shot oh, in the yeah. face to like Alex. Like that, it shouldn't even be comparison. Like Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year, and the trophy should be named after him. Like there's a guy that he's lucky to be alive, and let alone be playing football and walking. So like, and then to be able to play football at the level he's playing right now, 37 years old. So and Alex Smith is a guy too. Like I, I remember being in college because we were in college at the same time, and I remember watching Utah and he when they were undefeated and. You know, I, I remember that season because they they were fun to watch. So, and Urban Meyer was there. So that was that was a good team to to watch. And and you know, 
he's uh he's done some really good things and the guys believe in him and and they've just been fun to watch so i'm excited for the future of the team i think i, I feel like we I feel like we got something to be excited for down the road. Most definitely. I mean, you had a tumultuous off season, you know, with Snyder and, and the and the Redskins name controversy. And then it came out with the cheerleaders with that story in the Washington Post. And it's just been it's just been a huge cesspool. And then you hire a respected man in Ron Rivera. The whole world loves him because because uh, his battle with cancer, he ends up beating cancer. You have Alex Smith who had his job taken away from him, not just once but twice by arguably the two most polarizing uh, guys to ever play the position in the last uh, 20, 25 years. And Kaepernick for what went on with him. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. He, you know, he has that gruesome leg injury two years ago against the Texans. The, the it almost it the the injury almost killed, nearly kills him. He has this tremendous rehab. He had like what? How many surgeries did he have? I mean, it was ridiculous. He surgery after surgery after surgery is able to walk again, let alone plays football. Dwayne Haskins stinks. They get him out of there. Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen. Yeah, but I listen, listen, before you go on, like Kyle Allen was playing good football. Like Kyle Allen was, I think he was playing better than what Alex Smith is playing right now. But I think Alex Smith brings a leadership quality and and Alex is more consistent. So, you know, and and here's here's the thing is like they're five and seven and they could maybe win one or two games rest of the year, whatever, but like you could seriously make a case or an argument that that Ron Rivera he like belongs in the coach of the year conversation. Like you, we, we talked about everything they've been, been through. Right. And, and everything they've had to go against. And and this guy Mm -hmm. literally was coaching while doing cancer treatments and all this other stuff that was going on. And the guy is just like, I don't know if you listened to the post game stuff, but like his message to the team is that he's just, he's a motivator. And um, those, those guys just, Ah, they're going to keep playing, and and I like any other coach. I feel like with those kind of circumstances, wouldn't have lasted, or or if it totally flopped. You know what I'm saying? But like his just his grit and fortitude is just mm-hmm. second to none. They got you, they got you, and it's just it's just a, it's a phenomenal story, you know. And Alex Smith does bring that leadership. It's a big reason why they are sitting. And if you would have told me back in September that on December 9th, Washington would be in first place with not in second place with a really really great shot at winning the division and beating the uh, what was the previously undefeated Steelers, I would have called you crazy. But I mean, this team just had, and that catch by Sims on, I think that was a third and four, yeah. maybe a third and nine. But on that third down catch, he, when he reached and extended with his right arm down the right sideline and caught that pass, that was the play of the game. If he does not catch that ball, Washington, I don't think, is winning, winning the football game. And give you credit, you texted me last Wednesday, 6 51 after the Steelers barely escaped the Ravens due to John Harbaugh and his brilliant clock management. You texted me. You said, I'm telling you, they're going to pull an upset. And, and, hey, I give you all the credit in the world. You called it. And and Pittsburgh's offense is not that good. 
Steelers fans won't admit it because you know they're prideful and everything else with the six with Chuck Knoll and Steel Curtain all that nonsense. They'll never admit it. They may not miss Antonio Brown's antics, but they sure do miss the offense that he and Le'Veon Bell provided for them because their defense has done a complete 180 for when they had Bell, Ben, and Brown with their with their off with their high flying offense. But their offense stinks. I mean, and this is and this is why I told and again raised my hand because I predicted them to go seven and nine. But this is this is the reason why I predicted them to go seven and nine, and the main part because of this offense. Ben Roethlisberger, thirty. You cannot have Ben Roethlisberger. Give him credit, but you cannot have Ben Roethlisberger, 37, 38 years of age, surgically repaired elbow, throwing the ball fifty plus times a game. They have no running game. Their receivers drop every pass in sight. No disrespect to Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster and Eric Ebron. That's just not a big-time receiving core. I mean, their receiving core next to the Ravens is is uh, is see, one of the worst see, I, in, see, I, in I, this I, division. See, I their disagree offense, with you. I mean, offense, I think they got a really good receiving core. I mean, the drops is definitely a big issue, right? But, like, Claypool's a stud, right? And Schuster's good. And then who's – James Washington's the other one, right? So, like, like they're not 11-1 – yeah. For nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like. Well, the, well, you have to look at it. They're 11 and 1 for a couple yeah, of weeks. They played the Giants out the gate. That's number one. They, bar- they barely escaped Jeff Driscoll and, and the Broncos. Bill O'Brien and the Texans. Okay. I, I give them the I give them the win against the Ravens. The Bengals never beat, never in a million years beat Pittsburgh. Okay. The Eagles is the Eagles. They stink. The they always beat they always beat Cleveland. If uh, what's the guy, the kicker from uh, Guskowski didn't miss a, miss a kick. They most likely would have lost to Tennessee after they had a horrendous second half, allowing Derrick Henry to run all over the place. And they nearly got beat by who, what, Garrett Gilbert against the Cowboys. And Jack and Jacksonville, We of course, we all know is tanking. So they were, now their defense is great, don't get me wrong. And I was totally wrong expecting Pittsburgh to stink up the joint. But let's quite likely see it. Pittsburgh is a very, very faulty. Now they have a decent chance to win the Super Bowl. Granted, eleven they're not again, they're not eleven and one for nothing. And it wouldn't shock me if they won the Super Bowl just because their defense is that great. And if they get the number one seed, they have to play one less game to get to the Super Bowl. But this but this team is not eleven and one. Because because they are an, an unbeatable football team. They, they are a well, faulty. You play. Faulty you got to play the schedule, but team. you don't win eleven games in the NFL with not being not being bad, just being lucky. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, the best team in the league is the Chiefs. So until somebody can beat them, it's it's their game. I mean, I agree. The best team, is, the best team is the Chiefs, and and this loss to Washington doesn't hurt Pittsburgh as far as number one seed because they still have a perfect record against the AFC. The Chiefs do not because they lost to 
because they lost to the Raiders on October the 11th. So, so they're not perfect against the AFC Pittsburgh is, but listen, they got, they got to win every game the rest of the way, which I think they should do. Um, meanwhile, Kansas city ha- has hard games. They got Miami who will, who will give them a rough time on Sunday. They still have to play uh, the saints in new Orleans. Drew Brees will be back for that game. So Kansas city, I, no team, in my opinion, no team in the AFC is a clear-cut favorite. To oh, you're, cra- you're, the Lamar you're crazy. The Chiefs are the best team in the league. That day is. Kansas City, yes, they are. But at the same time, there's nothing about Kansas City that makes Wait, it go, what you, you know what, this John, team reminds me of trophy now. They won the they Super Bowl play, last look, year, and they have the best quarterback in the league. That doesn't – That doesn't. okay, I, I, again, I'm not disagreeing with you saying that they're the best team in the NFL, but I'm not I'm not ready to give them the Lombardi trophy at this point. Their, def- their defense is not that – their defense is not that great, okay, they, they aren't. They got they got roasted by Derek but you, Carr. You don't, when you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you don't need to have a defense that's going to be shut down every week. I, I well, I under I understand all that, but you but you but you're sitting up here, but you don't think that there's going to be a team whether Ravens, it's the Ravens all, who, if they end up playing them at some point in the playoffs, will be a huge. Well, let me finish. Who will be a huge? You don't you don't see that there's going to be a team that's going to be sitting there saying, hey. We got we got no pressure on us. We can we, no, can, I we don't. can pick whether they play Pittsburgh, whoever. You don't think no, I don't. And there's not a team in the that, NFC that, that I think can do that. No, the Saints think no. I, I think the Saints can. You're... Yeah, that 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 this 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 Saints team is flying below the radar. No one's talking about them because Drew Brees has been out. No one's talking about them because they've been favored to go to Super Bowl in 2018, 2019. They didn't deliver the goods. They got screwed in 2018 hey. against the Rams. Hey. 2019, they, before, uh, they lost in the first listen, round to the, to the Vikings. Before I, you I say think teams the Saints get screwed are, are, are in good, the playoffs, just team. remember that games are not decided on one play. That, fair. He got Breeze got outplayed by golf, and the defense couldn't couldn't get off the field. I, I grant you that again. Again, I've said this ad infinitum. The you can you can get screwed and yeah, also but what, but you, be your own be your own worst enemy in the game. Had the had had no. You have to look at it. If that penalty is if that flag is thrown, the Saints when the Saints are going to Super Bowl. But again, like you, in all fairness, they still have to move on after that, and they still had to play after that mishap by the officials happened. But you can't deny the fact that if that flag is thrown, the Saints milk the clock, kick a field goal, and the game's over. You can't, de- you can't deny that. You, you can't John, deny it. If, if they played better early in the game, the Saints are going to the Super then that Bowl. play never would have happened. Fact. Fair because this because the Rams were rattled in the first in the first half and they allowed the Rams to get back into it. Fair, but you but at the same time that flag okay. is thrown. Guess what? The flag wasn't thrown. Starting the Super Bowl. Bottom line. That that's like that's like listen listen, that's like me saying like 
that John Carroll gave. <laughs> I, you know, we had the same thing, but we let them back in the game, right? You're seeing, yeah. So, like, I mean, you could probably look at every game yeah. that you ever watch and say if, 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 but you can't. You gotta. It is what it is. You can't let one play determine the outcome of the game. I, I still think I still think the Saints could get. The, I, I think it, it's we'll, we'll be, see. We'll see. I think it's going to we'll be see, a repeat uh, of Super Bowl one. What happens with the Chiefs? With the Chiefs, Chiefs bringing Chiefs it home for a second year in a row. So, with, With the Packers, I, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not sold What's, on that Packers the NFL, defense. Has been very spotty. yeah, but the NFL is and an offensive league. It, it, well, it has been. They cater they cater to the teams with offense because they want to sell yeah, I seats. I know it's an offensive league. I I understand that, but but again, Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be times and, where Aaron Rodgers won't. And to be honest, with none of the teams in the you know, NFC, like thirty-one points every game, they stand. None of those teams stand out to me. Because you just, at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to happen with Drew Brees, right? And even if he comes back, when was the last time he's thrown a football? Right. I thought, but he, but I mean, he's going to be. Been a couple but weeks, he's not going to be. Like he's got to start all over. He's going to be in mid-season form. Or end of the season four. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to tell me that Taysom Hill is a guy that can get it done in the playoffs? Mm. Well, yeah, they're not going to have Taysom back to normal. They're going to have Drew Brees. Well, uh, so Drew Brees doesn't have to throw the football 50 more oh, times a game. They had Aaron right. Kamara in the backfield they can hand it off to. I mean, you make it. You make it. The Saints are not a one-dimensional football team. They're not the Steelers who have no running game. They have to throw the ball. They're not the Bengals. No running game have to throw the ball fifty times. If Drew Brees is back, but he isn't back into his form before he got injured, he doesn't have to throw the ball fifty times a game. He can go fifteen for twenty and hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara and let him have him carry the load and have Taysom and have those option plays with Taysom Hill and have and have him run draw plays out the shotgun. Drew Brees, Drew Brees doesn't have to carry his football team. Either, because because that team I think is the most is I think in the NFC at least is the most complete hey. team there. They Drew Brees doesn't have to do a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, he, he has to he has to throw the ball twenty times, make sure Alvin Kamara gets his touches, throw in a little uh, Taysom Hill here and there, and and they'll and have Drew Brees has your ball rank, Taysom Hill Jordan get after the quarterback, and they'll get the job done. <laughs> well, I mean, fair, but but ta- but ta- but. Taysom, but there's no, but it's it's not it's not a coincidence. I would say I would say this: the Packers are probably the favorite with the Saints right behind them. I would say that. Is that fair enough to say? Uh, It's fair. I I don't trust that Packer defense. I I don't. I I I understand that, but but the deep I don't I don't trust the defense. I don't trust the defense. What what, what's what? Why why did you all have to uh, essentially kill my spirit three weeks ago, uh, tearing Joe Burrow's ACL? I mean, why 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 why? I I I I get I get a we we stink in two thousand nineteen. Okay, we draft Joe Burrow in April. We get Joe Burrow. 
flying high season, not exactly where I wanted it to be, and and, hey. and, 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 and killed Joe Burrow before before Thanksgiving. And and I and I got and I gotta go the rest of the season. We were just coming up on a stretch of games where we literally could have went four I, in I mean, a row and finished the season. Hey, watch, uh, watching six, eight, and one. Watch and watching that game, by the way. Like and I still AJ think just killed that Joe the Washington team would have won. Like I I think they had the Bengals figured. Like the first two drives of the second half, right? They the, they forced the Bengals to go three and out, and then the Redskins or sorry, the Washington Football Team scored. So Joe Burrow gets hurt on third down, right? They punt in the in the team. The football team goes down and scores to take the lead, which they never gave up. So like technically, he left as the losing and- quarterback. I will say this. I mean, well, listen, the Bengals. I will say this. Joe Burrow is going to be a stud. Like, he's a dude. That guy can play football. They got receivers there that can play. They got a good running back in Joe Mixon. They need to build. They need to to continue to build their – they need to build an offensive line and get some guys on defense that can play. And they're not far off. Like, Joe Burrow is going to be a star. Well, he is. the 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 question is, will the Bengals get get in their own way and ruin them? Because I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to tell you something right now. If this team if this team ends up ruining Burrow, that's it. I'm done. I am I am not taking this anymore. Look, I they got a lot of problems. I mean, my man's Joe Burrow was getting oh shouted out by Drake on Instagram yesterday, day before yesterday. I mean, what? There's not too many quarters that are getting shouted. Isn't Drake bad? Isn't Drake bad luck? Like the superstar Drake, this he's yeah, but he but he shouts out to him. What happened? Like the team's logo on his shirt when he goes against, but well, that that team then that team was going forward because Joe Burrow tore his ACL. That's me doing his thing. Well, I mean, you get the point is is that he's getting shouted out by the superstar rapper Drake. Okay, not every quarterback's getting shouted out. But and getting shouted out by a list superior rapper like Drake is. So this is what I don't understand. If the Bengals end up doing something with Burrow and going to Super Bowls and winning championships, Joe Burrow will be a superstar. He will be in that class of Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, uh, Brady. He will breeze. He'll be in that conversation. Of those guys that you see on those on all on the commercials, covers of Madden, I mean, in cameos and movies, like he will put the Bengals or, on the map, or if they if they do the right thing and take care. Be, listen, that's that's listen. what that's what gets me so. Or he'll up. be like Matt like, Stafford, who plays for a terrible franchise, who puts together good statistical years but never goes to the playoffs. <laughs> That that that's that's I I don't need that I don't want that this team needs to get themselves to I mean I said it time and time and time I said it after the Eagle game I said it after the Colt game I said it after week two against the Brownies you you have an investment 
protect it. Okay, you with you have you gave your your wife gave birth to a newborn son all over this past spring and summer. Okay, you don't you don't have a son and you and, and you basically leave him out to to starve to death. No, you know you gotta feed him, you gotta nurture him, you gotta bathe him, you gotta clothe him, gotta make sure you know make sure there ain't no bumps and bruises. You gotta change the diapers, make sure they don't get any diaper rashes. Why? Because that is you and your wife's second most valuable asset next to the daughter that you guys have. Same with the Bengals, okay? You have Burrow. Great. I'm glad we have him. Now, what do you do with it? You don't leave him out to the wolves and, and neglect yeah, him. Please. You take care of him. You get him an offensive line that can protect oh him. My you, God. Get him a, you get but, him coaches that know what the heck they're right. doing. I like Zach Taylor. Listen, his head listen. Saying. Okay. You, that you, doesn't you, just happen in one year. You protect your asset. I understand. See, I understand. There's step one. Their step one, their step one was getting Joe Burrow. Step one yet. I mean, you put that was their step one. Like, it, it's it's a process, and you like. First of all, the Bengals, you should already know, but it's it's going to be like just like my team, it's going to be a little tougher than the other ones because you have incompetent people running their 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 teams. But like, it's you got the right guy in place. They'll do what's what they need to do to get better, and you know you can't you can't stay down forever. That's how I look at it, and uh, just gotta hope for the best. It's well, I I, I sure hope so, but it I, I I'm 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 not I'm not in the mood for the Bengals incompetence anymore. You have it. Fix it, get it right. I want Zach Taylor and his entire coaching staff out. I want that offensive line revamped, and I want players on defense to know how to make a play. Okay, and enough with this nonsense. Enough. You have Burrow. You have a Super Bowl champion caliber quarterback on your hands. Don't waste them and don't ruin them. And if you do, I swear on a stack of Bibles, I'm done with this franchise. I'm until 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 they sell until the Brown family gets gets out of there and sells the team. Done. Don't ruin them. Don't ruin them. What what do you what are you up to after today? Oh, no, this is my office. This is the refrigerator going in the background. I'm, like I'm ready to going I'm get a shower, get some meat for this uh what, what this event tonight. What's, what's uh, this we have a virtual, like, virtual, it's, it's a virtual recruiting uh, night. What's, so, like, meet the coaches night and Curly. Uh, so, um, I'm, I'm doing a couple of presentations about the, our program, the football program. Uh, Who, what, what, is, what, is it you? Is it football. any of the other coaches? What's going on? Is Coach Nick a part of this? I'm seeing him on Instagram every five seconds. He's flying out yeah, to Nashville. Yeah, he's on payroll. Nah, he's Coach Nick took a good job this year. He's still uh, on payroll. What's he up to? He stepped, really stepped up for that St. Mary's game, and um, you know, so he he showed like Coach Frank was out of town. He couldn't. He wasn't available. So um, Coach Nick was more involved in the in the game planning and was up in the booth. And so now I'm going to expect uh, him to step up like that every week now. So um, moving forward, so. Coach Coach Nick is also the last coach what's, for waiting to get deal? engaged. What's the deal coach Bill got engaged, um, so now, so Coach Coach, yeah, so now Coach uh, Nick is officially the last coach on the staff to not be engaged yeah, or that, married. Yeah. So that'll be the next push. 
How he graduated? How how, how old is he? What is that? Oh, you do the math. He's in his mid twenties. Was he twenty six? About twenty six. Yeah. So don't don't don't. You start (laughs) knocking on thirty, you're in trouble. You see, you start knocking on thirty, you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I couldn't tell you. School looking like I just want to get to Christmas so and we'll we see what happens. Any any plans? Um, they're having discussions about what they're going to do for it. So, I, again, I don't know. So, um, I think they're trying to find I mean, a way to squeeze no winter, winter sports, sports in, but like imagine. no later in the year. I think they want to see how this vaccine works out. So, all right. All right. Hey, thanks. We got to we got to start doing this more often. This is the best show you've probably ever had. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. We'll be back with more of the I'm talking to you.
Yes, sir. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like Your T.I.S. podcast. A little Bing Crosby in the mix to start us off here on our last segment of the program. Um, before I get into Ohio State and Michigan, um, I, again, the uh, Coach Ireton interview. I don't know, you know, this is Anchor, by the way. This isn't a Sirius XM or uh, it's distributed onto iHeartRadio, but this isn't an iHeartMedia-produced uh, show. So, uh, and why the company has of uh, Anchor slash uh, Spotify, which has been bought out by over the last year, why they haven't fixed the problem when you do this uh, recording with other people uh, feature on their uh, Anchor app, why... The audio gets scrambled at the end of the uh, segment. I'll never understand. You know, it, it's just very odd for people to enjoy the interview when, um, when I say when I say something when I say something funny, and then there's uh, and as I'm saying something funny before the punchline gets out of my mouth, Coach Ireton is laughing while uh, I haven't gotten the punchline out, and he and me and him are having a conversation. And my reply comes in five seconds, five seconds after he's given his state. So it it's fine, like halfway through the and then whatever happens, this stupid system gets the audio all descrambled, uh, and that's top notch Wi-Fi. You know the foul. Yeah, Cur- he was at uh, he was at the Archbishop Curley. Uh, he was at the school Archbishop Curley down in uh, Baltimore, and they gave, uh, you know Curly, uh, they give uh, the teachers a top-notch Wi-Fi while the students uh, get the uh, get the uh, crappy Wi-Fi with the, with the piss-poor slow bandwidth. So, and he was on his uh, teacher's laptop with, uh, with the Class A top-notch high-speed Wi-Fi so and we didn't have an issue during that time of the recording. I recorded that earlier this afternoon at three o'clock, and I had no uh, Wi-Fi issues on my end. I'm about I can walk down the stairs and make a left, and the Wi-Fi router is right there. Um, so no issues on my end. But for whatever the reason, Anchor and their uh, dopey system uh, can't figure out. You know, yeah, Ashley Graham rec- uses you know her uh, podcast is. Uh, is produced by the anchor powers that be and they got all these other you know dopey podcasts and no one in America gives a crap about breaking down uh breaking down science fiction and makeup and a whole bunch of other gooberish nonsense and I guess they must have blew the budget when uh Ashley Graham my uh, celebrity crush got uh Kelly Rowland on to kick off a new season of her uh Pretty uh, little thing, pretty big thing, whatever it's called on her podcast. On her podcast, and uh, I guess blew the budget on that, and uh, blew the budget uh, getting uh, bought out by Spotify, and uh, couldn't afford a de- couldn't you know hire enough uh, IT professionals or enough uh, technician execs to fix the issue with the audio getting scrambled. Uh, at the end of these uh, recording with others, um, uh, little s- segment features, you know, because I'm not, I'm not getting next to, uh, I haven't seen Coach Ireton in person in what since February, since early March, February, and uh, so, so, uh, so I have not seen him. 
and I want to get him on the show and, and have not had him on the program since April after the draft. I want to get his thoughts on his team knocking off the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I, mean, I hope y'all, I hope that came in properly. But when it came time to uh, us breaking down uh, Coach uh, Nicholas Farmer's love life, uh, as him, as far as him being the only uh, unmarried slash unengaged member of the Archbishop Curley Varsity Football Coaching Staff, that uh, audio came in a little faulty. So I apologize for that. And it's not, there's not been the the that's not been the first time that the audio has uh, came in uh, faulty on the other end with the audio getting uh, scrambled uh, uh, scrambled up and all that sort of thing. So. Uh, hopefully anchor uh, f either fix that or what I will do is uh, essentially will be essentially to uh, record this all outside of the anchor app uh, get a hotline figure out a way to get a podcast hotline in order so people can uh, just uh, dial a phone and like you know like a call in like a call in radio show and basically call in and uh and talk to me that way the downside is that how i like with the anchor feature is that their voices coming off the phone sounds like that we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation within the same room and if i go the hotline route you know the phone voice it's doable but it's but it was it's not exactly what i would uh prefer their voice sounds sounds a lot more crisper and cleaner using this fashion but if I have to do the hotline to make sure that uh, I'm not laughing in the middle of uh, in the middle of Coach Ireton uh, saying something before he hits the punchline of uh, of this funny statement, then I will go the extra mile and uh, and do that. But uh, but then again, it's anchor bought out by Spotify. That's the issues. Uh, that's the uh, issues you take. I'm pretty sure they just uh, paid uh, Ashley Graham a fortune. Uh, when she got her uh, podcast, uh, another season of her podcast renewed uh, via Anchor uh, at the uh, start of the fall, uh, when she had a uh, Kelly Rowland of uh, Destiny's Child on her uh, on her show. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Michigan Ohio State that game was canceled, called off due to COVID nineteen outbreaks with the uh, Michigan Wolverines. I have not gotten, in case you haven't noticed, I have not gotten into the college football season at all. It'll be very, very difficult for me to get into it because we're headed down the stretch with the bowl games, the national championship games, and the conference championship. It's going to be very out, and I will try my best to get into it. Hope, hopefully, I will. Leach on to uh, Florida versus Alabama SEC championship game next weekend, but um, I've had very, very, I've I've had I've had major difficulty getting into the twenty twenty college football season, uh, because you know big you know because the conferences are doing their own little individual thing, operating as individual leagues, not under the umbrella of the NCAA, which is one of the more, uh, which is by far the most piss poor ran organized sports organizations, uh, in the, in the, uh, North American continent. Uh, they are just, they are not run ran properly at all. I mean, these, these, you know, it's to the point where the colleges are bigger than the conferences they're a part of and the conferences have 
their own individual sets of rules and regulations. It's a complete mess. And then college, and then Pac-12 and Big Ten wait to start their season in October, so they give themselves no wiggle room to make up games. And then you have the season starting off with the with the ACC and the SEC, and then and then and then they postpone the Big Ten to October to the point where they have no. A wiggle room to make up. It's been a complete mess, and as a result, I haven't gotten into it not one second uh, during this uh, college football season, which is why you haven't heard me talk about it. Now we're into the uh, month of December. You haven't really heard hear me break down college football like I have in previous in uh, previous other seasons. Um, and it's just it's just been a complete mess. Now I got this number four Ohio State. It could be in, ineligible for the Big Ten title after the game gets canceled. It's just been so. And I think in you know Big Ten can't compete in its Big Ten championship. That they can go on to the Final Four and compete. It's just been a mess. You know if you are ineligible to play for the Big Ten championship because you haven't played enough games, and it should work that way as far as competing for a national championship. I mean, it's 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 just been a it's just been a complete cesspool. I mean, you can't you you can't qualify to play in your conference championship because you haven't played enough games, but at the same time, you can compete in the Final Four championship to decide who's a national champion. Really, and teams like Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati and BYU getting screwed. Because uh, Big Bad Ohio State plays in the Big Ten and they don't. And Big Ten's played like, what, four or five, four or five games this season. And and, though, and teams like uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy um, Maurice, who I play football with, my old, uh, old uh, buddy um, Byron, the track star. You know, they are uh, they are members of uh, Co- they are students of Coastal Carolina and their and their football team gets screwed. Uh, get screwed because uh, Ohio State be, must sh- uh, all the other minor schools, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, damn them, let's put Ohio State in the Final Four, yet they can't compete in the Big Ten uh, championship game, but you're damn right we're putting them into the Final Four in the college football play. It's just been a complete mess. And if the NCAA was ran by uh, competent people, they would take a page out of baseball's book. I hard hard to believe that I'm saying that in 2020 with Rob Manfred as commissioner. To take a page out of baseball's book and and how baseball decided that there were this was going to be a trial run for expanded playoffs. Do it with this year in this cockamamie season and expanded from four teams to eight teams. You could uh, you could have expanded it from four teams to six teams or four teams to eight teams. So Ohio State makes it in no problem. Coastal Carolina makes it in. No problem. Florida makes it in no problem. Cincinnati, BYU, and all the other teams that don't play in the Power Five conferences make it in. Uh, who deserve to get in? No problem. You don't have the controversy of Ohio State not playing enough games, but then off, then at the same time being the best team. You don't have to worry about that if you just would have expanded your playoff field before your 2020 season started, but. That that's where you stand with college football. I don't think it was worth it. Guys aren't getting paid, going out there risking uh, risking their health. You know, uh, no fans for the for them for for a big part of it. And and the college football rosters are a lot or a hell of a lot bigger than uh, NFL rosters. A lot more people and just as many personnel that makes the team uh, work around the clock. I, in my eyes, 
college and high school sports in my eyes during this pandemic with no vaccine, no cure, as it wasn't worth it. In a perfect world, if it was me, unless you play this job to pay your mortgage and to pay and you know to pay your car and send your kids to school, a lot professional NHL, NBA, NHL, NFL, high school, college. I understand it's the the and we heard Coach Arjun on and him talk about this. I understand that they get that the seniors get a raw and get a get a. Uh, Get a raw deal and get the short end of the stick, but it, it ain't it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. A lot of these teams are a lot of these sports aren't quote unquote socially distanced sports. I understand at least from the college level they have the money to do what they can as far as to make it as safe as possible. But then again, the you're asking the players who aren't getting paid to do this that are essentially going you know, and especially if you play D one A. You, you, it's the equivalent of being not a, the exact equivalent, but you get some semblance of what it's like being in being in boot camp in the military. As far as your strict schedule, your strict, you know, you got to be this, this, you got to be doing this at this particular time. You know, you get little, very little free time in between. I mean, I don't think it was it, the damn sure isn't worth it for the high schools. And I don't think it was that I understand that the that the networks and the corporations and the colleges have to make the money. But, you know, who's paying the kids? And again, high college football roster is a hell of a lot bigger than the NFL than the NFL roster. I, I don't think I don't in my in my opinion, my personal opinion, I don't think it was worth it. I understand what he's going to do. Come draft time for the 2021, I understand all that, but they should have either delayed the season or wipe. And I why delay it? I mean delay it till. Well, I don't even know if you you could you should have delayed it. You you were better off. I understand seniors get the raw. Believe me, I'm a senior. The part of the infamous class of 2020. I know, but. I understand we've gotten a raw a raw deal and gotten the short end of the stick, but to be quite honest with you, with all the hula hoops you have to go jump through, what is it really worth it? Especially because these kids aren't getting paid. Is it really worth it? My opinion, no, it is not. But they want they want to go ahead and do it. They want to take their chances, and uh, that falls on them, not me. I am not. Under any circumstances, losing sleep over how the NCAA and the Big Ten and all these other conferences have mishandled this uh, this uh, cesspool—not a cesspool, but a hodgepodge of a uh, of a college football season. That is their problem, not mine. And and because of that, it's been very hard for me to get into this 2020 college uh, football season. Uh, and also because I don't root for any team, which is and you know, I don't and I know the coaches, but I don't know the players on that team. I can name you know Kyle Trask and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but you know that the list pretty much ends there. You know, and they want to ask me when it went dry. When you go get into college football, like you do the NFL. Well, here here here's here's your answer. I'll get into college football when I'm out of University of Maryland Global Campus on the computer fought around with these dopey classes.
you know, that, you know, that the, uh, 40 year old uh, single dad who didn't finish uh, high school is trying to is, is doing that that's when I get into college football whether it's Patrick Mawa his alma mater University of South Carolina down in Columbia whether it's University of Florida in Gainesville Aaron Andrews alma mater or University of Georgia uh, Ernie Johnson and Maria Taylor's alma mater, University of Maryland College Park, our buddy Hayden's alma mater, and uh, the pastor of the church I attend's alma mater as well. Whether it's you there, whether it's um, uh, where else would I be interested in going? Uh, University of North Carolina with Goat Michael Jordan went. That's when I'll be in. That's that's that will be for sure. Is when I'll be into the college football. When I have a reason to root for someone and to be into the season on a game in week in week out basis. That is when I will officially become a college football fanatic like I am the NFL. Until then, yeah. It is what it is. I want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of the I'm Telka TIS podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow your boy Jai Shields on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. The show on Instagram at I'm Tell It underscore podcast. The show on Twitter at I'm Tell underscore it TIS. Colin Russo, he of the University of Wisconsin is joining the program on Saturday. Look forward to it. I look forward to you tuning in. It's your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you Saturday. Y'all take care.